So when you as a business, what products or themes that resonate deeply with your customer, with a season, with a cultural event can you jump on? Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we're dedicated to helping product-based business owners turn into revenue-generating, successful, happy product bosses. I'm Jacqueline Snyder. And I'm Mina Kunlositep. Together through digital courses, coaching, and masterminds, we've helped over 50,000 students from startup to multi-million dollar businesses scale their sales while blending in their dream life. It gets lonely out there in the product business world. We fully believe a business shouldn't be built alone. There's room at the top for all of us. So let's get scrappy and creative together, product boss, to be profitable, make more sales, and grow your visibility. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hey, hey there, Product Boss. Okay, so what if Q4 could be a breeze and you could get new customers and organize everything all in one tab instead of juggling dozens? What if connecting with your customers was seamless, leaving no room for uncertainties, right? No unread emails or angry customers that haven't heard back from you. So enough what ifs. Let me introduce you to HubSpot's Sales Hub. Discover a world where sales are smarter, revenues grow faster, and customer insights go deeper, all in one connected platform. Now imagine all your data, tools, and team harmoniously linked on a customizable platform that's a joy to use. QQ4, right? We want more joy in this season. Don't let the busiest time of year overwhelm you. If you're going to wear all the hats, you might as well wear them confidently, right? And probably look a little good wearing them. We want you to reduce that stress and allow your product business to flourish at the same time, right? Win, win. So time to grow better and be the product boss you were meant to be. With Sales Hub, closing deals is no big deal. Try it for yourself at hubspot.com slash sales. Hey, hey, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Product Boss Podcast. I'm Jacqueline with Mina. And get ready. This is going to be a fun episode. (laughs) And it's all about our favorite thing, and that is coffee, but (laughs) a little bit of a, you know, different version of coffee. Would you consider pumpkin spice latte coffee? Well, it is a latte, but it's a flavor profile, right? Right. But it doesn't have caffeine, I don't think. Does it have coffee in it? Yeah. Oh, it does. We okay. don't we'll actually like nothing these. like it. <laughs> so don't judge us, but we actually I add one. Delicious. I was so excited. And <laughs> I was like, this could use some coffee, which is why I thought that there was no coffee in it because it didn't taste like coffee. <laughs> so <laughs> every year, every year, this has become like a cultural phenomenon that mm-hmm. the pumpkin spice latte, right? The birth of the PSL is something that we're all like, they're out. It means the season is changing. It means that a summer is done and we get to move into the feeling and the essence of fall. And, you know, the, the there's like a description about the PSL being warm, aromatic mixtures of spices like cinnamon, nutmeg, and cloves. And it feels like festive feelings and fall festivities, right? That's the concept. But... Do you all know how long Starbucks has been offering the pumpkin spice latte? I know you know because I just told you. Mm-hmm. It, was it was a shocker, actually. It was invented and brought to market in 2003, which means happy 20th anniversary, PSL. 
happy birthday, happy anniversary. But here, I want to backtrack a little bit because back in my day, I keep saying this in every episode, (laughs) coffee wasn't a thing. Nowadays- you had it at a diner. Yeah, it was not a big deal. In fact, when I was going to- yeah, when I was in college, Starbucks isn't what how popular it is right now, even with high school kids, right? Even um, Dominic, he's my nephew. He talks about how like the girls are walking around with their pumpkin spice lattes and their coffee in hand. They're Starbucks. And it's become like this status symbol. And before, you know what? I really wish Starbucks was really um, popular when I was in college because I remember being tired all the darn time. <laughs> You know, like I'm not even kidding. You could have just used one of those coffee makers with a filter. (laughs) But it wasn't a thing, you know, and now I'm like, I can't live without it. We're over-caffeinated population. (laughs) (laughs) Addicted. I wish I was addicted to coffee back then. I mean, (laughs) terrible, you know, but it wasn't even a thing. And then they really, uh, Starbucks is so genius at their marketing and they deliver even when it comes to some silly things like pumpkin spice latte, right? That they were, they basically made coffee what it is today, the coffee industry, pop culture. Yeah. And then on top of it, they almost like glamorized it in a way that you, like I said, it's a status symbol that now there's this hype around pumpkin spice latte, which came out 20 years ago, that you think that you're a lunatic if you don't like the PSL. Which you know? we do, right? We're like, <laughs> we look like, it's every time I'm like, well, maybe this year I'll try it and think I like it. <laughs> My taste buds change, right? I'm like, well, if everybody loves it. And listen, if you love it, you're part of this phenomenon. So what we wanted to kind of dig into is, is Starbucks and what we can learn from this idea. So back in 2003, Starbucks introduced the pumpkin spice latte. Now, the development team at Starbucks, right? Because remember, Starbucks came off as just like coffee and then coffee lattes, you know, coffee to go, which was a kind of a phenomenon too of coffee to go. They um, they would do flavors in there. Like instead of, if you think about gas station coffee, which I actually do love, like hazelnut coffee, um, Panera bread has like a delicious hazelnut, right? It's infused into it, but it's not a syrup. Yeah. So Starbucks back in 2003, the development team wanted to think like, okay, they knew that seasonal beverages did well. Things that if you think about eggnog, right? No one buys eggnog any other time than during like the Christmas season. So if you think about seasonal beverages and what they decided to do was they decided to test multiple seasonal flavors. So the same idea of like um, hot co- cocoa with peppermint in it, like a peppermint stick. Yeah. Right? That's, I do like that and one. And the McRib. <laughs> the McRib. Oh, is it seasonal? Is it like- Not seasonal, but like dropped. You know, yeah. like. <laughs> but I wonder if the McRib comes out during the summer or something when people are looking for like barbecue. I wonder. Oh, I would have thought fall time. I don't know. I don't eat a McRib. No. <laughs> They're delicious. But they wanted to do seasonal flavors. And so what they did is they dropped a bunch of seasonal flavors. When I drop means like they brought them to market. And after they tested them, the pumpkin spice flavor was the one that stood out. It was the one that, that when they tested this, right, they tested it amongst consumers. They did that. And then they decided to launch it in the fall as a limited time offer. Meaning we're going to bring something seasonally to market. We're going to test it. And then we're going to be done with it. But it was I'm, such. I am shook 
that it was pumpkin that did the best. Do you like pumpkin pie? I love pumpkin pie. So do I. Here's my my thing. Apple cider, hot chocolate. Come on. Those are definitely winners compared to, you know, you and I are outliers here because this is a 20 year old (laughs) (laughs) like beverage. So we can't tell them they didn't do a good job. And it's like, I'm all of a sudden surprised 20 years later. You're like, this phenomenon's going to (laughs) fade. Surely they'll move on next year. Um, But so, so the goal, the thing here is that they brought something to market seasonally. They tested and they tried limited time offer. And it did so well that it became an annual staple. Now, when I say annual staple, I want to repeat this. They did not say, oh, pumpkin spice latte. It stays on the menu forever, all year, in the summer, in the spring, every time. They actually took it away for people to wait for it to come back. And then that is almost this transition of fall, right? That's the transitional part where it is such a phenomenon that every other coffee brand, any coffee shop you go to has their own version of a pumpkin spice latte, right? So it set a trend to market and there's cereals, there are creamers, there are baked goods, there are candles and soaps and other non-food products that use this profile that is a cultural phenomenon. So I think there's something really interesting about that. And and we wanted to talk about this because I wanted to kind of talk about how understanding Starbucks and the PSL and what we can learn for it, like how our listeners can incorporate a concept like this into their business, especially in a seasonal time like the one we're in right now. Yeah, agreed. I think that pumpkin spice lattes can be divisive too. <laughs> and obviously. That, yeah, obviously. And that's why it might stand out. It's like you have all these people trying, uh, uh, you know, that they're like team pumpkins PSL or non, you know, or anti it, you know? So it's like you get them to fold it into their identity. And that is something that Starbucks has always done really, really well. Now, Starbucks, their product, you know, when you're thinking about them and when you're thinking about their marketing, their whole thing is a, I forget what they say is like happiness in a cup or something that they want to deliver that. It's not that it's focused on coffee. Okay. Though I will tell you that I got a coffee the other day and I, I literally like moaned when I took my first sip, like good and or then, bad, like good, like, okay. oh, you know, like deep sigh, like visceral moan that it tasted so good. And then I saw on the cup that it said that first sip feeling. And I was like, oh my gosh, they're literal geniuses, you know? And so for all of you, when they're thinking about their customer, they're thinking about all these different products that would provide that same sort of feeling of that first sip feeling and the fact that you're either, you know, team PSL or team, you know, anti PSL or whatever. Um, you're really for coffee or they have their green tea stuff, which is their refreshers or their, you know, they've tried so many different things. Um, they even had a barbecue sandwich. This was circa 2015. Yeah. Starbucks. They had a pulled barbecue sandwich that was delicious and they never came back with it. I'm still holding, you know, I know Didn't it's do been so a long well. time. 
2023 minus two. So it's eight years ago they had this. I'm still holding my breath that it will come back, you know? So there's been some things that were not winners and some things that were winners, clearly. Hey, Product Boss. I'm just going to interrupt this show really quickly because it's podcast recommendation time. This month, I am all about inclusion and marketing podcasts. Now, this is hosted by the incredible Sonia Thompson and brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. On her inclusion and marketing podcast, Sonia does an amazing job of diving into important topics like belonging, customer experience, and diversity. She also will give you practical tips and advice on how you can authentically practice inclusive marketing within your own business. Now, one of my favorite most recent episodes includes Sonia and three other inclusive marketers who dive into recent big brand marketing campaigns such as the AI generation of Barbie from around the world and the Barbieheimer controversy, right? Where they share their reactions and discuss their perspectives on these campaigns and the importance of incorporating inclusivity and culture intelligence into marketing. This episode was so insightful and had so many amazing takeaways to consider as a business owner, especially when it comes to authentically portraying inclusivity when marketing your brand and products to your customers. Listen to inclusion and marketing wherever you get your podcasts. Now back to the show. Hey, hey, product boss. Okay, it's your product biz coach here, Jacqueline, and I have a treat for you. So the other day we got a message on Instagram from our friend Lolly. Now she's a product boss and she was on the hunt for an easy to use inventory management software to keep track of her raw goods and what she had ready to sell. And guess what? We had an answer for her. Not only did we have a fantastic inventory management software to refer her to, but we also had a whole treasure chest of 308 other business tools and resources to make her product-based business easier to manage and, and more efficient to grow. And we have it for you as well. Now picture this packaging and printing supplies, affiliate management, website and email software, legal resources, video and photo tools. Oh my, you name it. We've got it. And here's the cherry on top. It is totally free, right? It's not going to cost you a single penny. That's right, because you can get your hands on the Product Boss's Ultimate Resource Guide absolutely free. We are on a mission to change small businesses' lives and and their ability to grow around the world. And whatever we can do to help you do that, we are here for it. And so we're hoping that this resource guide is one step closer to reaching your dreams. So all you need to do is slide into our DMs on Instagram with the word guide and just send us that message and we will send you a link to download it right away. Or you can head straight to theproductboss.com slash resource guide. Easy peasy. Oh, and did I mention you can also DM us guide on Instagram and voila, we'll shoot you that link right away. So my friend, don't wait another second. You can get your hands on the ultimate resource guide for product bosses right now. Now let's jump back into the show. Okay. So here are some of the, the, the lessons you can learn. Okay. I think lesson number one is understanding like cultural and seasonal ties. So when you're thinking about seasonal or cultural ties, right? You want to think about like for PSLs, they're, they're tied to fall festivities in the U S for example. Mm -hmm. So when you as a business, what products or themes that resonate deeply with your customer, with a season, with a cultural event, can you jump on? We have a mastermind student, Abby of daily disco. 
And she did this so well this summer because she makes custom denim jackets and she made so many custom denim jackets for all of the Swifties, all of the Taylor Swift fans. Like she made one when she went to a Dolly Parton event. She made one for Taylor Swift. Like, and so that was a, if you think about Taylor Swift and Beyonce this summer Mm -hmm. and what those women did and how much money they generated, right. For just globally being a cultural phenomenon, Abby was so smart to jump in on that. And she looked at something that resonated deeply with like a seasonal or cultural event. So that's just something to think about. So truthfully, those of you with things that taste or smell or even a color pumpkin spice latte is a a something that you could touch on when they get dropped. If that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. I think it's knowing your customer and getting to know them more, right? By testing out different things. So for Abby, hers was um, concerts and pop culture. I would say it's like summertime stuff, even though it was denim jackets, she really hits her high point during summertime. I want to give the example of Annika. She's of Hey Mavens. And she started coming out with these fall capes. And we all know that towards the end of August, there is this feud between summer people and fall people. Like when can you bring out your fall clothes? People when so can you bring out like your fall still clothes? 120 degrees. <laughs> and people get mad about it. And they're like, you know, it's like what you said about being very intimate with your customers, right? Um, I forget how you phrased it. But um, that, okay, there are some people that are like, that's too soon to be talking about fall. And then other people are like, let me finish out my summer. Or they're like, fall, I love fall. I'm one of the fall people, so I actually love it. So when we're thinking about um, Hey Mavens, Annika, she started testing out fall capes as well as, and she sells handmade lingerie. So these are capes that are like flannel, gingham, that sort of thing, and plaid, and then also um, Halloween stuff. So who would have thought that Halloween is one of her biggest times of year, right? So she builds a bigger collection around Halloween and fall time that has more things than just lingerie. And she knows that that's when her customers come back to her. That is her season, her season to shine. And she just happens to be, you know, really into Halloween. She comes out with patterns. I believe at one point she even came out with tights at one point. I don't know if she did or not. But like, for example, the bras come out in like pumpkin and they come out she in also bats has like black and cats. cats. Yeah, black cats. And so she tested those out. And she's also tested out like Valentine's Day and that sort of thing. So when she knows that when she's doing fall and Halloween time, that her customers are willing to spend more than they are maybe other times because she's tested it out, brings it out every year. And then she's also identified that her customer is really, really into it. And so I think where you're going with this, which would be the second thing on what you could learn from this is creating a limited time offer. So pumpkin spice lattes are available for a limited time, even in the fall time, right? It creates urgency and anticipation. And what that does is it drives demand and there's a buzz around it because we always talk about also getting prepared for the holidays because Starbucks will change the cups to red. When the cups change to red, so do the flavors. So PSL is out. And then it's like the new holiday flavors. Like I'm sure there's a peppermint kind of candy cane thing built into that, which by the way, has never taken on the phenomenon that PSLs have taken. So when you create a limited time offer, so that kind of tactic, and I'm going to 
message her right now because she's in a mastermind with us, Annika, that um, I coach her in. And the, the idea is, is that let's just say her black cat bra. She used to always have that. I don't know if she still always has it, but if it's something that's available during the fall to Halloween time and then goes away and they miss out on it, they have to wait till next Halloween. It's the same with Susan Gordon Pottery. Every year she comes out with these little dishes that they're like little candy dishes. And in them, she has like a little black, like it's a black one with a skull. And then I don't know if it's like a spider or a pumpkin and they're like her little fall release. Every year they sell out. And every year I think about them and think I need to go get one this year. I think they're, so, they are skulls. They are skulls. And it's for like day of the dead too. Yeah. So, but there was like another colorway too. And why I say that is that I am a customer that has bought stuff and I've missed out maybe three years in a row. And so that idea of a limited time offer, not only does it create buzz and demand, but also for the people who don't get to get it, that's okay. Because they know then that you're serious and next year, if you bring it back, they better buy it. And so I think what that does, so we've talked about understanding cultural ties and like seasonal ties, creating limited time offers. And then the last part of that is the idea of when you're testing and trying and you decide, wow, this does work, people do want it, this resonates with them. That might be where you decide to incorporate it into a seasonal release. Like every year you might bring it back or a version of it. And that goes back to the idea of the PSL where it was just a test but it did so well that they decided that they were going to bring it back year over year. And I think once you hit something big, I think Stacy of B blends does the same thing. She makes amazing candles and she has very seasonal scented candles for her best selling season, which is, you know, um, fall and winter. And so it's that idea of like, I need to have another one of her pumpkin spice candles or her cinnamon, um, cookie, candles or her pine scented candle, right? It's that essence and that nostalgia around the time. And then seasonally every year, I'll be like, I need to buy that again this year. So I think that's some of the stuff you all can learn from the PSL and thinking about the ways that you can incorporate something like that into your business. Yeah. I love that third one because once you figured out, you tested and tried and it was successful, then you start thinking about making it a tradition that people like Jacqueline, after that skull dish, three years in a row, expect to see it and still love it, right? Because it's then you start to be known for that release during that year as well, uh, during that um, season, during that yeah. season as well. And And what I want to say is like when something works, let it keep working. Like, don't feel the need and the pressure. They didn't hit big with pumpkin spice latte. And then the next year they decided to do a zucchini spice latte. Like they stayed with the pumpkin. I was just trying to go for like a gourd. <laughs> <laughs> but so like, I was zucchini. <laughs> I'd say like for Stacey of B blends, if her pumpkin gingerbread candle sells year over year, then release the pumpkin gingerbread candle in the season that I can get it and then take it away from me, right? Because I'm not going to buy it anyways post-holiday. So then take it away and then bring it back, back by popular demand, the thing you've been waited for, the scent of the season, and then bring it back. And so that also drives demand and anticipation and something to talk about. 
So I say that because I don't want you all to think that you have to reinvent yourself year over year over year. Learn from the PSL. Some things will always stay on the menu. Mina's McRib sandwich <laughs> didn't. <laughs> don't reinvent the wheel on that though. You know, it's like what Jacqueline said about the skull and she saw it in a different colorway. I've actually only seen it in the one colorway. But I bet you that what Susan ended up doing was that it was really popular and she thought to entice them even more that she'd come out with a secondary drop, right? That it would be those two, like, don't get rid of the first colorway, add on a second colorway. It's like, don't reinvent the McRib. But what if it was the McRib with some crunchy onions on top? Oh my gosh, you know, that sounds delicious. So as you're going through every single year, there will be opportunities for you to think about maybe having a fresh opportunity on it, but do not reinvent the wheel on it. Keep doing it and keep selling it, just like what Jacqueline said, because they're anticipating it and you've already built up the anticipation. So use that anticipation to your advantage and then maybe add on a little bit of freshness if you if you feel like it. Yeah. All right. So we're definitely not on team PSL. You might be. <laughs> What is your favorite seasonal beverage like for the holiday time at Starbucks? I don't have a seasonal favorite. I definitely just drink the same thing over and over depending. And my little bit of craziness is if it's hot or cold. (laughs) (laughs) So it's an oat milk latte, either iced or if it's hot, then it's just, you know, hot, obviously. And then I always do the mango dragon fruit um, refresher with water, not with lemonade. And I might, depending on, on like, if I really am wanting that festive beverage, like let's say the holiday music is on and I bought a Starbucks at the mall and I'm walking around, I might get suckered into trying one of the drinks, but probably I'm the same. Like I might add caramel or something like that. And, you know, like for that flavor, because I think it's always like too sweet for me, but that's because we're not the ideal market anymore. But, but yeah, so some of you are like, yes, I go for the seasonal beverage and some of you don't. And that's why I think having variation, you have the thing that drives the excitement for people being like their restock is here, but then you just have the customers that Mina and I are that like, we get the same beverage because it's high quality, the consistency, the thing that we're expecting. We know that our drink, no matter where we go in the world is going to taste the same probably. You know, what other thing that Starbucks does that I do rotate because I take the girls with me is that they do cake pop drops. So there's unicorn, there was a a bumblebee, there's earth day ones that it looks like a little earth, but they always, to Jacqueline's point, always have the pink one, which is the birthday cake one. They always have the chocolate one. They always have like some version of vanilla. So you see that they have different drops. So then for example, if Jacqueline is going in for her same old drink, she might mix it up with the cake pops, right? Same with me. Like I'm not going in. I Hmm. like the pumpkin bread. Oh, that is good. That is yeah, good. The lemon bread got us on really a pumpkin. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's a bird. That's a variation of pumpkin that I'm now dreaming about. Warm, right? That they they get us on the pumpkin bread, but maybe not the latte. So it's that yeah. that feeling. So, apologies to all of you that feel like you need to go get yourself a Starbucks or something right and now. We're not but, sponsored by Starbucks, but we would love to. But be. Starbucks, send some <laughs> gift cards. <laughs> But let us know, um, send us a DM over on Instagram at the product boss. Are you team PSL or what's your favorite holiday flavor? And we'd love to chat with you over there. 
Thanks everyone. Thank you for being here and listening all the way through the product boss podcast. If you love our show and it has helped you in any way in your business, would you mind doing two things for us? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Reviews help other product entrepreneurs know that this is the place to be to grow their businesses and realize that they're not alone. And we know that you all know that a five-star and honest review helps you sell more products to more people. So you know that your reviews help us reach more listeners around the world. Remember, what we give is what we receive, and we are all about helping each other in the Product Boss community. We are all in this together. We would be so appreciative of you if you could take the time right now to subscribe, leave a review, and even share this episode on social or someone you know so we can impact more lives. And remember, subscribing means that you will get notified each time we release a new episode so you never miss a thing. You have helped us grow and climb into the top 10 of all marketing podcasts, and together we can keep climbing. Thank you, friends. And remember, there is room at the top for all of us.